Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Flux Multiverse. Today we are having a truly special guest who is the founder and co-host of one of the top self-improvement podcasts, which is Next Level University. Kevin is with us today to delve deep into redefining self-worth and self-belief. So without further ado, let's get started. Kevin, what's up, man? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told you in the beginning. Another day in paradise, living the dream. I'm excited to be here, grateful and excited to chat with you, my friend. That's very awesome to hear. And I'm thrilled to have you too. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. So, uh, Kevin, as we discussed before, let's hear from you. Maybe what's your idea about self-worth and the things that you wanted to tell us. I'm very thrilled <laughs> to hear from you. Yeah. in the So at this point, we've recorded 1,510 episodes of our podcast, something like that. And we've had the opportunity to interview a lot of people and meet a lot of our amazing community. And if you asked me three years ago what the biggest thing holding people back was, I would probably say self-belief. I would say, unfortunately, many of us do not believe in ourselves enough to do the things required to create our own unique version of success. Now, I understand one of the other things holding a lot of us back is self-worth, not just low self-worth, but also delusionally high self-worth. So this is always my thought. I love doing this exercise. I do it with clients all the time. Somebody came to me one time and said, hey, Kev, I just don't feel like I believe in myself enough. And I said, all right, let's try. I said, on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you believe in your own unique ability, your own unique capabilities to physically create what you want in this life? And it was a podcast for this person. And he said, 12 out of 10, I know I can do it. I said, okay. On a scale of zero to 10, my friend, how much do you feel that you deserve all the amazing results that will come with the success that you create? How much do you feel like you can live that life? You're deserving of it. You belong there. And he said, oh, no, maybe a, a two out of 10. I said, it's not a self-belief issue. It's a self-worth issue. So I've really come around on that recently where I understand a lot of people are afraid of success. I thought everybody was afraid of failure because I always was. It was never it was never a fear of success for me. But if you have low self-worth, you might be unintentionally pushing success away and then if we were to touch on the other end, there are some people who think that they are deserving of the greatest results without putting any of the effort in. And that's another dangerous place to live. I've met people before who they don't really work on themselves a ton. They're not physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually evolving, but they expect to attract a partner that's done all the work on themselves and somebody who is super consistent and super inspirational and super amazing. And they don't understand that they have to be the type of person that is capable of attracting and sustaining that. But their self-worth has convinced them that I can get whatever I want. I deserve the best. Maybe you feel that way, but that's not necessarily how the universe is going to treat you. So that's just a quick dipping our toe into the thoughts I have. Right, right. Yeah, that, this is very interesting. I think this uh, this idea is very well uh, misunderstood or overlooked by by people because, as you said, everyone focuses on uh, self belief, but they don't really question this this area. And uh, I talked about the dating uh, perspective in in another episode of uh, in my podcast that you need to be on the same level of the person you you want to attract. 
but from what you're saying, you also need to address like this uh, in all the aspects in your life. So uh, my question to you here is like, since this is a tricky thing to uh, pinpoint in your personality, what what could help you to address these problems? How, how can you discover that you have an actual self-worth problem? As you said, you might help people, but for someone, uh, what what can they do? Yeah, it's that's a really good question. It's a really good question. One of the things that we've seen a lot and we've seen often is if you struggle to set boundaries, oftentimes that can be a suggestion that you have lower self-worth because you're willing to put people and their needs and their wants and their expectations above your own. So let's just say Albert and I are scheduled to record for 30 minutes. And we get 28 minutes in and Albert says, hey, Kev, I need you for another half hour. If if I am so afraid of what you think that I put myself below you and I might just say, uh, yeah, OK, I mean, I have a, I kind of have a meeting, but all right, it's OK. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. That actually hurts my self-worth because that's a boundary that I had set that just got walked over and that's going to hurt my self-worth. That thus proves to me that I'm not valuable enough to keep the thing that I said I was going to keep for myself. So I think that's one way. If if you feel undeserving of things, I think that's another place to really explore. If you feel like you don't deserve a positive relationship, if you don't deserve love, if you don't deserve opportunity, if you don't deserve praise, I think that's a place to look as well. And then I would say, I would say the last piece of it is you have to start questioning why. Start questioning the way you respond to things, the way you react to things, the way you get triggered by things, the way you show up when those things happen. Because I think that's a really good self-awareness thing, right? That's how you get the answer. You get the answer to yourself by practicing self-awareness. But usually the boundaries is a really good place to look. And then what do you actually feel deserving of? And for me, I don't feel deserving of having the most successful podcast on the planet. I'm not there. I haven't done the work. I haven't done enough of the work and I may never do enough of the work, truthfully. But I do feel like I deserve the amazing relationship I have because I'm putting in at least 50% of the work and my wife is putting in at least 50% of the work. I believe we deserve that. So the deserve it factor, that's a good place to really look. Right. So from what you're saying, uh, it seems like you should be like your self-worth should be proportional with your investment or the effort you're putting in. Uh, is that what you mean, right? I, like I do, but I also know it's a very dangerous game anytime we attach our self-belief or our self-worth to an outcome. But in this situation, you're saying it's actually an input. So I would say that I don't know how else to really connect it. Really. I mean, should should someone in the the gym who's stronger than me because they've put in more work than me feel better about that? Probably. I mean, they should probably have a more accurate yeah. level of self-worth in the gym than I or self-belief. So yeah, I would say I I would be I would be cautious in saying that's the answer, but I do think that's a good place to look. That's what I would say. Right. Yeah, that that perfectly makes sense. And how about the other the other side? You mentioned like some some people have uh, 
bloated uh, self-worth. And um, as you were saying about boundaries, so if boundaries cause low self-worth, what causes the bloated self-worth? Is it something similar or? It's, so from what we've seen, imagine two scenarios. Imagine when you're three years old, five years old, seven years old, your parents or caregivers tell you that you're worthless, you're useless, you're not smart enough, you're never going to accomplish anything, you're ugly. That's probably going to lead to low self-belief and low self-worth. Opposite end, your parents say anything is possible for you. You're amazing. You're intelligent. Success is coming your way. You're probably going to have higher self-belief, which is great. Imagine if you have parents who tell you, not even tell you, you get everything you ever wanted. You don't really ever have to work for anything. You're never really showed the importance of hard work. Eventually, later in life, that kind of becomes your software, right? As a child, and you see this often with with spoiled, rich children. It, it happens quite often where they think everybody is below them. They don't have to treat right. people with respect. So I would say, yeah, it's usually the the younger environmental factors that we have at play. If If somebody tells you you're the best and you deserve everything no matter what, that's probably going to end up being the soundtrack of your life and vice versa. So yeah, I would say that's usually a a big one. And the problem is it's very easy to delude yourself. So if you have low self-worth and let's just say you have an opportunity with your dream partner and they leave you, you could easily say, ah, that was never going to work anyway. That's okay that this, this happened, right? That actually happened to me in my past. But on the opposite end, Say you have delusionally high self-worth, someone leaves you and you say, ah, they weren't good enough for me anyway. The next person will be even better. Those are both self-fulfilling prophecies that probably are not serving us. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe rephrasing what you said, uh, in my in my perspective, for me, Please. the person that has a delusionally bloated self, self-worth, they uh they hadn't like they had it easy, so they take everything for granted, kind of. So they don't appreciate how much effort you need to put in order to get something in life. Where mm -hmm. on the other hand, the people with low self-worth, they might find it very difficult to achieve things since they struggled in their life, maybe, or they uh, put in a lot of effort to do to have small things in their childhood, maybe. Yeah. So they feel like these things are very, very hard to earn. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? It, it does. It does. And it's all personal and it's all specific and it's all internal. That's the thing about self-improvement, personal development, growth. Right. Maybe I'll say something on this episode that whether you're watching or listening, you connect to it and say, hmm, interesting, that resonates. But when I leave and when Albert leaves, that's when it's time to do the internal work. And that's the stuff that's hard. It is really hard to say, why do I struggle setting boundaries? What is that? I always get that weird feeling. What's that about? Or why is every relationship I'm in not working? What's going on with that? Is it because I'm pushing them away? That, those are the hard questions that we have to ask. And unfortunately, sometimes, well, fortunately or unfortunately, sometimes there's somebody else to ask you those questions. And that's why it's important to have a, a strong community around you to help. Right. Yeah, yeah. Here you can... I can see that you will start delving into traumas, uh, maybe painful memories, even something. Of course. Just dig deep to in order to get what, what's causing that. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely the starting of the journey. 
Yeah. So since since you mentioned this journey, uh, what are from here? What are the steps that you, in your opinion, how can you fix that? For example, if you if you have these misalignments with your uh, actual, let's say, how do you call it? Like the actual self worth is that a word? Uh, yeah. And how, how would you align with that? In your opinion, what what is the process? I would say, and it's simple. It's a it's a simple thought but it's it's obviously complicated to do many of the things that we struggle with the most are the things that we have studied the least so if you feel if you've never heard of self-belief and self-worth if this is the first time you're ever hearing of it i would go on youtube and i would search self-belief and self-worth and then i'd find a book on self-belief and self-worth or separately i would hire a coach that can help you with this go to a therapist go to a counselor because they're going to have answers far better than my answers for sure, but they're going to have answers of how did it make you feel when this happened to you when you were a child? Okay. How is that manifesting now in the way you're showing up? There's so many people out there that can help you with that. Awareness is an opportunity. So uh, the awareness of, hmm, is my self-worth? What is that? Where is my self-worth? I don't really know yet. All right. Let me go seek outside information that I can bring internal and then it will just be more opportunity for me to understand. So that's that's really what I would say. I would say take the new awareness and then go study what that means to you. If you think about the biggest struggles most humans have, unfortunately, it's usually health, it's usually wealth, and it's usually love. Health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So we're talking about health here. This is health. It might not seem like it, but many of us have not studied fitness or moving our body. We haven't studied emotional intelligence and emotional understanding, and we haven't studied mental health. Okay, understandable. Let's focus on that. When it comes to love, many of us have not studied relationships with others and or ourselves. And when it comes to wealth, a lot of us have not had the opportunity and or privilege to study wealth to understand how much things cost and how does that work and interest rates and all that. I think if we focused on studying those big three and then the, the pillars of that, that's a really good place to start for any issues you're dealing with. Right. So you're suggesting like having an idea about deeper, deeper idea about health, uh, wealth. Yes. And yeah. To start with these, uh, you mentioned also uh, therapy. Mm -hmm. You think it's a good place to start because, uh, well, in my experience, it didn't go very well with therapy mm. uh, on this on this particular uh, subject because uh, I don't know I had problems uh, clicking with the therapist at first. Then the therapist was like uh, imposing ideas on me, just like you are enough and you need to believe in that. But mm. I had no reason to believe in that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you you start like reasoning. So yeah, the, what, what's your thought about that? I would say just because you take your car to a mechanic and the mechanic isn't a great mechanic doesn't mean you shouldn't take your car to a mechanic. Yeah, there are some people out there that are really, really, really good at what they do. And sometimes it just takes time to find the right fit. But I would say as long as you're in the mental space where you feel like it's constructive, I think it would be it would be worth it. We did a last night we did a meetup and we were talking about vulnerability. And I can't tell you how many people in the in the chat wrote, I never have conversations like this. 
if you're not exposed to something, it's going to seem very foreign and it's going to seem maybe impossible in the beginning. That's the beauty of therapy and counseling and having deep conversations is it's not taboo. And at least you get familiar with it. So I would say it's valuable as long as you feel like you're in a psychologically safe place to do it. And to your point, Albert, you find someone you mesh with, right? I can have deep conversations like this with strangers because this is what I've done so many times, but I understand that is not the normal, that's not the normal experience. You want to find someone you feel safe with and and you feel like they're really listening and you feel like they get you and you feel like they're trying to help you, not just give you answers that they want to hear themselves say. So yeah, I would say so, but with that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. As my friend uh, once said, choosing a therapist is like choosing a wife. You really need to be... Yeah, it's it's fair. It's a serious relationship. It's a serious relationship. Yeah. And uh, for you, like in your journey, how did this uh, process look like? How how did you start? And what, what, what methods did you follow? I, when I was 26, I had the highest grossing financial year of my life. So I made $100,000. Uh, with no college degree, assuming that was it. I was going to be happy as a clam. I was going to be super fulfilled. That was going to be the rest of my life. And I remember feeling like I was living unconsciously. I was just kind of on a, on zombie mode walking through life, not knowing why I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. That was the very beginning for me. And I just remember thinking, if I can change the way I think, I can change the way I act, and then I can change the way I live, I got a lot of, I got to start in the first place. I got to change the way I think. So that was the very beginning. I, I remember I used to ask myself, why? Why do I get insecure around certain people? Why am I super confident around certain people? Why am I intimidated by certain people? Then tapping into the ego of that. And then eventually, probably three years in, when we started talking about self-worth, I remember thinking that I didn't feel very valuable. I always felt unworthy of love. I never felt worthy of success. I just, it never felt like I was a worthy human being. So that's something that I started to work on. And then the self-belief thing. So a lot of it was just, it was conversations with people that I felt very safe having those conversations with. And it was questions back and forth of, what does that mean to you? You got insecure when you were around that person. Why? If you had to know why, why would it be? And then you start. So, well, I don't know. That person's, I feel like that person's smarter than me. Okay. Why does that make you insecure? Well, I've never been good in school and that's a big part of my story. Okay. Well, okay. Why does that make you insecure? Because everybody around me, I always think is smarter than me and I think I'm going to get found out and I don't think I can be as successful as them if I'm not a, so you just keep going and going and going. And then eventually, Hopefully, when you're ready, you get to the place where my dad wasn't around. I felt abandoned as, as a child. Abandonment is going to create something. And for me, it created a low self-worth. If I'm not good enough for my dad to stick around, I'm not good enough for anything, even though I was a baby and I had no control over that, logically. So yeah, for me, that's how it started. I started by looking at how are things showing up in my life today? And then I tried to connect the dots of, what happened in the past to make things show up that way. Again, I don't know if my journey, anytime I give advice, please run it through your own filter of what you think will work for you because my journey has been very weird. I've been to therapy and I've been to counseling, but not enough to say that's what did it. 
it's just been deep conversations with deep humans that have really, really helped me. Yeah, very interesting. I think I think many people will resonate with what you said already. What, what's what's weird than that? <laughs> I don't know. I just because when sometimes people say like, "How did you do it?" I know that I didn't really give you an answer. It's like I don't really know. I had a lot of conversations and I tried to go inward and reflect. So I know that's not the best. Here are the three key t- takeaways from Kevin today. So right, I just right. want yeah, to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Everybody has their own path, but. Uh, Sharing like personal experiences from my perspective might give you a thread or just open your eyes to somewhere you might never looked at, yeah. right? And uh, that we talked about the previous experiences in life, childhood, and uh, the effect on self-worth. Mm. But what do you think uh, things are affecting already our self-worth, like ongoing uh, processes or even phenomenons like social media, for example. What do you yeah. think is the effect of social media on that? Social media, I ooh, it, it. This is always what I say. If let's just say fifty years ago, nineteen seventy. Eh, let's say yeah, let's say nineteen seventy. If you wanted to see some of the most beautiful humans on the planet, you'd have to either buy a magazine or watch TV. Right. And now. When I open my Instagram, I'm I'm into fitness. I'm relatively strong, and I like to think I'm in relatively good shape. When I open my phone, I don't look like any of these dudes. None of them. I do not look like any of these people. That is doing something to us psychologically that I don't know if we could fully understand yet. I think it, I think it bends the lens of what we think normal is. Right. I really think that it bends the lens of what normalcy means to us. Because that isn't normal. You're just seeing the top 1% of people on a platform. That's all you're kind of seeing is the top 1%, the top 1%, because that's kind of how the algorithm works. So I would say it's it's definitely hurting our self-worth if you're taking your worst moments and comparing them to somebody else's best moments. It's a recipe for you not feeling good enough when in reality, and this is the beautiful thing, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of these people who look really successful on social media. And I can tell you that behind the scenes, they all have struggles just like we do. We've interviewed people that are supermodels, but they wouldn't let us record the video because they didn't have makeup on that day. You never know that though. You couldn't know that unless you were there. So I I don't say that to to, uh, make anything negative towards that person. I say that as a perspective for you, if you haven't had that opportunity to see, everybody is dealing with something. Most people do not show what they're dealing with because it doesn't make for good content. First of all, nobody wants to see me crying into the pillow at the end of the day because I'm so overwhelmed. And I think everybody wants to look their best. If I take five pictures of myself shirtless, I'm going to post the best one. That's the goal. I I want to I want to uphold my reputation. So long story long, I think it's really affecting the way we perceive reality. And I think it's affecting the way we compare. Because it's really hard to not look at that stuff and compare to it. Right. And as you said, it it all works by itself. Like it's not intentional. It doesn't seem intentional because we all do it the same way. Yeah. But at the uh, on the other side, when we are on the receiver part and we are seeing scrolling through these feeds, for example, and seeing all these people, we are getting a very skewed vision of the of the world around us and this yeah. is maybe i see it as a self-worth epidemic or something like 
collective self-worth problem that is yeah. yeah i would agree i would agree and then here's the other thing you'd assume that people who are really crushing it on social media have super high self-worth that's not necessarily true either right. so that's a you're comparing to what you think someone feels which is a which is a very dangerous game and all things considered i don't know how old is social media like 15 years old so it's exactly. not that old all things considered so I don't even know if we've started to see the full benefits slash detriments of what it's doing. I think it's too soon to tell. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. How how do you see it in the future even? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm a little scared, honestly. Virtual reality and, and augmented reality, that's a I mean, there's a I read this somewhere. I was watching something and they said this. They said Watch out for what the porn industry does, because that's a suggestion of what's coming. And the porn industry, I think, was the first place to start doing virtual reality. And that's going to get weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. So I don't know, Albert. I think with opportunity comes necessity for discipline. Social media... I wouldn't be able to do what I do without social media and podcasts. You wouldn't be able to do what you're, we're doing right now. But with every opportunity that technology creates and exponential growth creates, there is a perceived potential detriment that requires discipline to avoid. So I would say humans are going to have to get really, really, really disciplined because it's going to be really easy not to be. Right. What, what you're saying reminded me of these uh, AI girlfriends that... yeah. Coming, yeah, they they are still kind of uh, dumb a little bit, but in I don't get it. You, in the future, man. Yeah, if you told me that, imagine imagine fifteen year old Kev. So I'm thirty four. If you said, "Hey, Kev, twenty years from today, there's gonna be like AI robot partners that like you yeah. can like date a robot," I'd be like, "This, no, this is not. No, 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 this is a movie." But <laughs> Sometimes the the world goes a certain way and you have to figure out, are you willing to keep up with the way it's going? And sometimes maybe the answer is no, that's, that's up to you. But I was very against AI in the beginning. It's, I'm not going to use chat GPT and all this stuff. Like, come on, I can do my own stuff. And then, yeah, like... yeah, then it got to a place where it was like, well, this would be beneficial for me to do. It'd actually be detrimental for me not to do. Interesting. Now, I don't think I'm going to have a robot partner anytime soon. I can't see that, but <laughs> we'll see you five years later. <laughs> right, right. To each to each their own. You do you. Right, right. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, any thoughts about like we talked about all these things that are popping up, and it makes it hard for us to define like our direction. Mm. So, do you think it's beneficial to have something like a role model in life, or set the person specific character as a role model? If yes, who would who would be that role model in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's I think it's very beneficial. The only hard part is again, you only see what you see. So I would say you can kind of create your own role model by taking the core values, core beliefs, and core aspirations that you you really enjoy from certain people and then just kind of putting them together. So it might be the core value of generosity for this person the core belief of being kind to all humans for this person, the core aspiration of, I don't know, 
creating some sort of business that gives back. All right, let me take those and connect them. I think it's beneficial because at least it creates an opportunity for you to follow a certain path. And from layer one understanding, you know that you can be the way you want to be and end up in the future as a person. Because if it exists, then that's a sign that you can do it. If there's someone out there doing what you want to do, at least that's a hint that there's a possibility that you can do it. So I think it helps build belief around what we're doing. You just got to decide for yourself who you want it to be and and why, most importantly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very wise. So, Kevin, we came to the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, I really didn't feel the time. Same, <laughs> it went by fast, my friend. Yeah, that was a very interesting discussion. Thank you yes. so much. I hope it's, uh, it's inspiring many people and giving them uh, food for thought and in, for improving their lives. It's, it's That's the goal. Inspiring. That's the goal, my friend. I'm happy to come back in the future. If you got another half hour, you want to talk about something else, I'm all in. Definitely. I would be very happy to do that. Awesome. Thanks.